Esa, this living entity, Nicha, eternal, Avyaya, imperishable, Sukhsma, very, very fine, not seen by the material eyes. Isa, this living entity, Sarva Asrayaha, the cause of different types of bodies, Swadrik, self effulgent, Atmamaya Gunai, by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, modes by the Supreme Personality of Godhead's modes of material nature. Visvam, this material world. Atmanam, himself. Svijate, appears. Prabhu, the master. Translation. The living entity is eternal and imperishable, imperishable because he actually has no beginning and no end. He never takes birth or dies. He's the basic principle of all types of bodies. Yet he does not belong to the bodily category. The living entity is so sublime that he is equal in quality to the Supreme Lord. Nonetheless, because he is extremely small, he is prone to be illusioned by the external energy. And thus he creates various bodies for himself according to his different desires. Purport. In this verse, the philosophy of Achincha Beda, Beda, simultaneous oneness and difference, is described. The living entity is eternal, Nietzsche, like the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But the difference is that the Supreme Lord is the greatest. No one being equal is to or greater than him. Whereas the living entity is sukshma or extremely small. The Shastra describes that the magnitude of the living entity is one ten thousandth the size of the tip of a hair. The Supreme Lord is all-pervading. Adantarasta paramanu chayantarastam Relatively, if the living entity is accepted as the smallest, there should naturally be inquiry about the greatest. The greatest is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and the smallest is the living entity. Uh, another particular characteristic of the jiva is that he becomes covered by maya. Atmamaya gunai is prone to be being covered by the Supreme Lord's illusory energy. The living entity is responsible for his conditional life in the material world, and therefore he is described as Prabhu, the master. If he likes, he can come to this material world, and if he likes, he can return home back to Godhead. Because he wanted to enjoy this material world, the Supreme Personality of Godhead gave him a material body through the agency of the material energy, as the Lord himself says in Bhagavad Gita 18.61. Isvara sarva bhutanam ride sarjuna tistati brahmayan sarva bhutani yantrudani maya. The Supreme Lord is situated in everyone's heart, O Arjuna, and is directing the wanderings of all living entities who are seated as on a machine made of the material energy. The Supreme Lord gives the living entity a chance to enjoy in this material world as he desires but he openly expresses his own desire that the living entity give up 
all material aspirations, fully surrender unto him and return home back to Godhead. The living entity is the smallest, Sukhsma. Jiva Goswami says in this connection that the living entity within the body is extremely difficult for material, material scientists to find, although we understand from authorities that the living entity is within the body. The body is different from the living entity. Om Ajnana Gyananana Salakya Shaksuram Minitam Yana Tasmai Sikuravenama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadar Sivasadi Gaurabhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 There are many scriptures in the world that reveal to us the nature of the soul and that the soul is eternal. Um, therefore, even when we look in a dictionary, we get quite a good definition of the soul. Um, uh, any respectable this dictionary will uh, will mention different qualities of the soul that the soul is eternal the soul doesn't take birth the soul doesn't die these are things that are uh, cross-cultural and found in so many traditions in the world the unique thing about Vaishnav Shastra is not that it establishes the soul as eternal and the body is temporary. The unique thing about Vaishnava Shastra is the intensity of the um, loving relationship with the Supreme Lord. Um, we have found in many scriptures descriptions that God is love, Love has been associated with the Supreme Lord um, not only in Vaishnava Shastra, but in Vaishnava Shastra, in Vaishnava scripture, the intensity of that love is so all overwhelming that virtually speaking, uh, the eternally liberated devotees who reside in the spiritual world, they are absorbed, totally absorbed in that transcendental love. Premam Ritambo Nidhi, deeply absorbed in an ocean of transcendental love. And that is the, uh, the essence uh, of, of our existence. Not only is the soul eternal, but the soul is 
Krishna and Nietzsche does is the eternal servant of Krishna. And not only is the, uh, the soul the eternal servant of Krishna, but the soul is, is, the, is engaged in eternal loving devotional service. Um, and that loving devotional service is, is our very nature. That is our very being. And without it, we are just incomplete and wandering aimlessly and going from here to there and everywhere trying to find happiness, trying to find fulfillment, which we don't find. And so we are wandering aimlessly throughout this world until we come to that, our natural state of love of God. And that is really the understanding. Um, so when we speak about the eternal living entity, we cannot separate the living entity from his eternal love for the Supreme Lord. And that love is not casual, but that love is deep and profound. Um, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, uh, the title of the book is describing a metaphor, it describes an ocean. Uh, and this ocean is, um, is the ocean of, of bhakti. Bhakti, again, is, is a word that can be translated in various ways. One way, devotional service. But, again, the Bhajdhatu contains that element of love. Um, therefore, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu is speaking about an ocean of transcendental love, which is then experienced in, in different ways, in different moods and mellows. Um, and the, uh, it is said that the devotees, they enter deep into this transcendental ocean. It is said, the, the comparison is given giving of sharks, although we generally associate sharks with something negative. Uh, in this case, we should see it in a positive light. The, the shark can swim very deep in the water. The shark will never swim in undeep waters. Right? The shark will never swim in a river. Sharks swim only in deep waters. And as they are deep in the water, they are not affected by what happens on the surface. They're absorbed. And even the net of a fisherman will not catch them because they are deep. So in this way, the great devotees are deeply absorbed in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, in the ocean of transcendental love. And as they are deeply absorbed in that ocean of transcendental love, um, they are so 24 hours. Um, therefore, uh, Sila Bhakti Siddhanta was speaking about um, initiation, and he said, we are initiated in the mantra. And then which mantra? If, if, if I would ask around the room, probably several people would say 
Which mantra? I thought so. And but Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said, we are initiated in the mantra Kirtaniya Sadahari. In the mantra to always chant the holy name of Krishna, to always glorify Krishna. Um, such glorification uh, for us may be experienced like uh, a tall order. I mean, how can you always chant? Uh, that sounds like always. I mean, always, never a break. Uh, it sounds a little overwhelming. Kirtanya uh, Sadahari. One should be more humble uh, than a straw on the street, more tolerant than a tree. One should uh, chant the holy name of the Lord constantly. 24 hours. Kirtanya Sadahari. Yeah, okay, that was Haridas Thakur. Uh, very nice. Uh, obeisances, a thousand obeisances, and then we go home and sort of try to chant 16 rounds and, uh, and go like, phew, that's quite, uh, quite challenging. Um, so Kirtaniya Sadahari seems remote, seems impossible. But for residents of the spiritual sky, Kirtaniya Sadahari is their is the normal standard of life. That is, that is the spiritual world, Kirtanya Sadahari. That is what is going on always, always glorifying Krishna from one moment to the next, either by words, either by offerings, either by making beautiful arrangements so that Krishna can be recognized, a wonderful seating place. We see you read about what are the gopis actually doing in Vrindavan. They're making places where Krishna can come. And, in these, and they clean them and they make them very beautiful. In the forest in Vrindavan, they make beautiful places, um, little, little groves that are very nicely with beautiful floors, marble floors and thrones and seats and and parasols and, and, and cushions and everything, all to worship Krishna. Uh -huh. Simply for that purpose of worshiping Krishna. And uh, that is what it means to, to be absorbed in the eternal nature of the soul. Uh -huh. It means to somehow or other be always engaged in service of Krishna. Um, we also find another verse, Smartavyam satatam visno vismartavyo najatasit sarvavirini seirashur etiyor evakim karam. That verse is saying that one should always remember Krishna, never forget him. And this, and all the rules and regulations, all the positive injunctions of positive activity, all the prohibitions of the scriptures serve that purpose only, to always remember Krishna and never forget him. So in this way, um, that is our spiritual life. And uh, now this movement is not, uh, this movement exists 
on different levels. Because within this movement, we find devotees on different levels. We find the Kanista, the Madhyam, the Uttam. The Kanista Adhikari is trying to make a Sambandha, trying to make a connection, a connection with serving Krishna, a connection with worshipping Krishna, a connection with principles of purity, a connection with the Bhagavatam. Uh, it is stated, Nityam Bhagavata Sevya. One should always, eternally, render service to Krishna. It is that same thing, Nityam Bhagavata Sevya or Kirtaniya Sadahari. Uh, to always glorify Krishna, to always serve the Bhagavatam by hearing. Uh, and yes, um, that is. Um, is stated um, that Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamalayam one should always hear the Bhagavatam and drink it through the ears Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamalayam and then become totally absorbed in the taste in the mellows of the Bhagavatam until Laya comes ecstatic symptoms and that means one will faint so, in other words, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur has stated, one should hear the Bhagavatam until we faint. Not from exhaustion, <laughs> but due to ecstasy. Uh, so then, when one, is in a, is, when, when one has fainted, one cannot hear the Bhagavatam. Then when one, in separation from the Bhagavatam, comes back to his external senses, one should hear Bhagavatam again and faint again. Uh, Vayam tunaviti priyama uttama sloka vikrane yatsindvatam rasa jnanam swadu swadu pade pade. So this Nicham Bhagavata Sevya is meant to be swadu swadu pade pade, to be relished at every step. Srila um, Prabhupada said Bhagavatam is 99% for relishing and 1% for purification. Um, so we, of course, at, at our current state, where we are trying to make sambandha, trying to make the connection with Krishna, or, uh, yeah, then we're just trying to read it. Right? I said, okay, uh, I, I have the Bhagavatam now, I, I bought it. You know? It tells you, you know, I bought the Bhagavatam. Okay. Um, did you read it? Well, I'm working on it. Uh, which canto? Uh, the third. Okay. Um, so somehow or other, um, we have to make an effort. Oh. Some devotees who are avid readers, they are reading the entire Bhagavatam from beginning to end, once a year, yeah. it's possible. It can be done. You can, you know. But you know, you'd have to do a chapter a day, practically speaking, to make that. Can be done. Yeah. It's possible if we make an effort. If we make the time if we allot the time, uh, then of course 
if one would do that, then Bhagavatam uh, becomes a major, major uh, experience. Uh, it becomes central in one's life. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it is stated in Chaitanya Bhagavat, read uh, the pastime of Dhruva Maharaj a hundred times. A hundred times. Uh, so, okay. And then there's other pastimes, a hundred times. In this way, yes, we can read a hundred times. It's a lot. Try and read the pastime of Dhruva a hundred times. If anyone would just do that, right? And say, just take that and just say, okay, I'm going to read the pastime of Dhruva Maharaj a hundred times. You'll experience a, a total transformation. I mean, it will do something. One will suddenly, like, totally relate to Dhruva Maharaj in a way, I mean, you cannot imagine. Well, a hundred times. Anybody ready? Simple things uh, to, of course, in our current condition, although we are eternal um, spiritual living beings, we're also very much in a temporary material body. And that temporary material body has so many impediments. Huh? I mean, as you look around, you know, uh, I know a lot of people and have personal exchanges with a lot of people and then this one tells me that they have a hole in their heart and that one tells me that they have only one kidney, another one has half a brain, another one, <laughs> as you can guess who that is. Um, then there is someone who has uh, an allergy and eats something and the lips swell up like and become huge and chokes, you know, and people tell you these things, right? And you go like, oh my God, you know. Someone's telling me how the lips became enormous and then the throat started to swell up, okay? Ambulance, hospital, and so on. Uh, you know, allergy. It's very fashionable to have an allergy. Huh? Before, you never heard of these things, you know, it was very rare to have an allergy. Now everyone has allergies and like, you know, and it has to be printed on every package. May contain, you know, like uh, traces of such and such nuts, although they're not in the packets, but the factory has them in case, because there are people even with a trace of that, you know, who are like, <gasps> uh, uh, have to be taken away in ambulances. Um, so we are very much in a material body, especially today, after Janmashtami and Prabhupada's Vyasa Puja, we are a little more in the material body than we were before. <laughs> Everyone can feel, what did we do, right? What did we do? We fasted. We stayed up far beyond normal bedtime. The whole day, we were busy, and then at night, we ate this ridiculous meal. <laughs> and then, the next morning, then we didn't sleep enough. Right? Then we woke up with a hangover from everything we ate. And then we went 
and then we fasted again. And then, and then into the temple and did a whole thing there. And then we had another feast. Right? And then, as if that was not enough, there was a second feast last night when the cakes were coming out and everything. I was looking at it like, wow, these devotees are powerful. <laughs> they, they can do it one more time. I unfortunately gave up after lunch. Uh, anyhow, so today could be a day that possibly the bodily experience is a little stronger than on an average day. It might be. Uh, so we have our days. We have our days that it's very easy to say we're not this body. And we, but we also have our days right, where it's like not so easy to say that we are eternal spirit souls. Right? We have our days that the body is really completely taking over. Uh, when we have pain, then we become all pain. Right? If you have an intense pain somewhere, the whole day, the cheek is like, the pills don't work. Walking here and there. At that stage, it's a little difficult to remember that we are eternal spirit souls. So, somehow or other, our present existence is a combination of both the physical existence and the spiritual existence. Um, by nourishing the spiritual existence by devotional service, gradually we can withdraw our consciousness from the body, and gradually um, we can grow in absorption um, until we are deep. So that is our, our objective. Um, I um, studied the nectar of devotion um, quite a lot because somehow or other uh, I wound up teaching the book. They asked me to teach it and then in Mayapur and then they asked me to teach it another year and then I taught it 13 times right, in a two-week course and the teacher has to do his homework. Right? Students may or may not do. But if the teacher doesn't do it, he stands there like, oh, whoa, oh, you know, oh, it's very, the lecture of devotion is a very uh, aesthetic book. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, so naturally, teachers have to do their homework. And then, yeah, and they have to answer all the difficult questions, especially in a course like that, you know, where everyone is going deep and is going to dig, right? And then, so then you have to look things up in the commentaries and before you, you know it, you read all kinds of things around the book. Huh? Uh, why does it say in the Nectar of Devotion 
that we should worship the Amalaka tree. And why are we not worshipping the Amalaka tree? Well, you know, it is mentioned in some of the Puranas that actually there is in the original creation a primordial Amalaka tree. Yes. And that from this Amalaka tree come many, many fruits. Therefore, the Amalaka tree is considered very auspicious and worshipable. However, uh, because it is not directly related to the worship of Krishna, therefore, although the Amalaka tree is worshipable, it is secondary for the Vaishnavas. Ah, I see. Okay. Well, that's interesting to know. Um, so, in this way, a teacher has to research and has to, to know, and then, uh, then it grows on us. Um, so, this is what is required to, to research, to, to go deep, to, to, to look beyond, and to, uh, to ask the question, why? Uh, Bhagavatam is, is, can be taken as, uh, as a history uh, because it is part of the Puranas. And the Puranas, uh, Purana means the ancient. It is the ancient history of the, uh, of the, uh, of the universe, really. And it is particularly transcendental history. But it could be taken as historical stories. So here we're reading about King Chitraketu. King Chitraketu, yes, well, he had some difficulty, right, in recognizing the transcendental nature of the soul because King Chitraketu had a, wanted to have a son, but he never had one had many wives, but still no son, finally got a blessing, Narada came, Narada told him, yes, you can have a son, but that son will be both the source of happiness and distress. I can give you that blessing. Oh yeah, yes, I'll take that one. Every son gives you happiness and distress. I definitely will take that one. Anyway, then the son was born, and then the other queens, they were from one of from the favorite queens. All the other queens felt, oh, now that queen will be the queen and we will be the spare wheels. And therefore, they thought they gave the child a little poison. Nice queens. They poisoned the child. You didn't expect that one. It's a bit harsh. And then the... Uh, Child was dead, and then King Chichuketu is all, uh, all overwhelmed. His son has died. Uh, so, this is what we are, are seeing now, and we're hearing transcendental knowledge right now about the eternal nature of the soul. So now we understand how. Uh, Maharaj Chichuketu is an example of one who becomes 
overwhelmed by the body, not only by his own body, but by the expansion from his body. This son is part of me. I, the father lives in the son. Huh? And, you know, that's a big thing, oh yes. He lives in his son. Mm. There you see, chip of the old block. Yeah, all that, it goes very deep. Uh, very deep. Uh, I had one, one of my disciples in the winter was walking with the baby zipped up inside his jacket and said, I can't believe how attached I am to this person, although I don't even know this person. I don't even know who this person is. Uh, but I'm so attached. Very small baby. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, um, these dynamics. So that's all part of the bodily concept of life. Uh -huh. A child, rather, is, is not an expansion of our body. That's not what it is about. A child is a spirit soul on its eternal journey. When that child becomes your child, then that child is temporarily placed under your care and you cannot change the destiny of that child, you can only influence the destiny of that child and you can only try to give it as many benedictions as possible while it's under your care and meanwhile that child will continue on its own destiny along with whatever blessings you could add to that destiny. And that's all you can do as a parent, Hare Krishna, and keep it as that. Uh, in the care of, you know, that's all, temporary. Uh, temporarily in our care. And otherwise we have no particular relationship with that child. It's not like just the soul, and the souls go all over the place. You know, universe filled with souls, and one time a soul is in one corner of the universe, and then another corner, sometimes two souls together, sometimes for a few lifetimes, then separated again. All these things. Bhagavatam is cutting. But the essence of Bhagavatam is not cutting, cutting our material attachment. That is only plowing the field. The essence of the Bhagavatam is to develop that, that eternal love for Krishna and to bring us to the point um, of Nitya Bhagavata Seviya always serving, always serving the Supreme Lord in great love and ecstasy. And therefore, uh, Bhagavatam is relevant for all people from all cultures from this world because it reinstates us into who we really are, living beings who always glorify Krishna. Now questions, comments? Quick. No, you were quick. <laughs> think so. Nicham Bhagavata Sevi, Bhagavatam is one of the five principal limbs of bhakti. A little, by associating with the Bhagavatam, we naturally develop that transcendental state of love of God. So yes, you should read it a lot. 
And now, on Bhaktivedanta Library Services, the Bhagavatam is available with purports as audiobooks. And you can either hear it online, stream it, or hear it download, so you can also hear them if you have no time to, to read. You're getting a microphone. Hi, Krishna Swami. Um, I have a question that was asked, and it might be mentioned somewhere in the Srimadakaratam, about Tulsi Puja, because there was an argument in our temple in, in the Nick, and some Matthews, they turn when they honor Tulsi, and they make a small round, you go around Tulsi, and then you make a small round for yourself, and you continue. Some Matthews do, some men do as, as well, and some don't. And then there was the discussion, why do you make the second round when you turn around to Tulsi? Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm going to explain the question, yes. The question is, during the circumambulation of Tulsi, we, some make a little circle also, while they're going around. That is because they're offering respect to the Acharya. So when they come before the Acharya, they're circumambulating in a li on the spot. And it's out of deference of the Acharya. That is coming in Parampara, actually. It was instituted, it was going on in Prabhupada's time. And after, like, like when I joined, that was the standard. Everybody did it. So everyone's going around. Every nowadays, nowadays uh, it's sort of almost forgotten. You you may do. You may do. It's not that you must do. It doesn't particularly say in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that we must do. But it is nice if you do. Just like when I say Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare. All these devotees are also saying Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare. Whenever I say Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Hare Hare, they also say Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Ram, Why are they doing that? Why, why, why are they doing that? Why are you doing it? Huh? Okay. Why are you doing it? Okay. Why are you doing it? No, but even when I don't do it, you do it. When another speaker does it, you also do Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Hare 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 Krishna, you Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare you Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, that's what everybody else did. You did it because everybody did it. When you get in the Hare Krishna temple and you just sit in the Hare Krishna temple and someone gives a lecture and suddenly he says, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, and you all start to say, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Yes. Okay. So there is a belief that this came from Srila Prabhupada. 
and it didn't. It didn't. It was just one day, one devotee spontaneously started to do it, and then another one also did it. And it became a tradition in the higher Krishna movement. So it is a tradition. Eh? And now some people think that the tradition has become a religious principle. You have to do it. When the speaker says, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Hare, thank you. <coughs> then you have to do it, otherwise you commit the greatest offense in the universe. Yeah? But that's not actually how it is. How it is, is that, yes, if you chant along, then you, you get extra blessings, so it's a good idea, but it's not compulsory. If you just sit there and let me say alone, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, that's also okay. In the same way, if you go around Tulsi, just around Tulsi is also good. But if you do the special little mini circle, it's also nice. Anyone else? It's the kitchen, it's the internet. Hare Krishna. Okay. I like to ask, you said that uh, it's just the soul regarding the kids. So is this also like that for the devotees? Isn't it that uh, the relationship of devotion become eternal? Um, well, here is the soul, and and uh, I said that our our we're basically taking care of that soul, right? Whether that relationship becomes eternal, that depends. If you all go back to if somebody goes back to Godhead, then yes. If you go back to Godhead, then you can take your daughter back to Godhead, or if your daughter goes back to Godhead, she can take you back to Godhead, and so on. But if we don't go back to Godhead, then it may not be that it becomes eternal. Then it may still be that we are separated again and go to different corners of the universe. Depends. Over. Looks like it. Okay. Thank you very much. Ipapa Ki. Jai.